Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to talk about self-sabotage, the four reasons why you do it. The reason why I'm talking about this is I was asked to respond to this tweet from one ADHD Jesse, and it reads, the ADHD urge to abandon a project and lose all motivation once you can see the finish line. Now, ADHD Jesse, the author of this tweet, he's not talking about self-sabotage. But that sure sounds like it. It sounds like he's implicitly talking about it via his ADHD. <clears throat> and in fact, I don't know if you can pick this up. Maybe if you've watched this channel a few times, you can. But the way that ADHD Jesse talks about his self-sabotage is, in fact, the basis for self-sabotage. We'll get to that. But first, let's go through the four reasons why you uh, would self-sabotage, right? That doesn't make sense. Why would you lose all motivation? This is just based on my experience uh, on you know my work with clients for, I mean, geez, now more than ten years. But the first reason is, you see that you resent your parents. In effect, because you harbor resentment for your parents, which is not wrong. It's okay to have resentment for your parents. Resentment's a natural part of any relationship. But when you have this resentment, and well, implied in the word resentment is you do not talk about it or you lack the ability to talk about it, <clears throat> then in effect what happens is you will ruin your life to get back at your parents, right? Because your parents don't deserve to have a uh, successful kid. And, and, and if that seems outlandish, I mean, it happens all the time on a micro scale as well. I mean, imagine if you had a prom date and the day before the prom, uh, you found out that she was saying all this stuff about you behind your back, like you're ugly and your butt smells and she didn't want to, she doesn't even want to go with you. She's just going to have a date. I swear, I'm not talking about my prom date. Um, and, uh, which is one thing. And then on top of that, you lack the ability to bring this up to her and to hash it out with her and be like, Hey, what's going on? And then you still had to go on a date with that person. I think, I mean, you consciously wouldn't be thinking necessarily, Oh, I'm going to ruin this date to get back at her, but effectively that's what you're doing, right? You wouldn't talk with her, you wouldn't be very open, you wouldn't be fun, you wouldn't dance, you wouldn't, you'd be a grump. You'd be grumpy. And people go through their entire life grumpy because in effect what they're trying to do is get back at the parents in the way that they perceive that their parents hurt them. And it's not about how your parents hurt you, it's about really how you fail. You lack the wherewithal to communicate uh, with your parents. Yeah, I'm going to get back at you. The, the way that you hurt me when I was seven, I'm going to continue to hurt myself in that way. And it's going to be satisfying in some strange way. Uh, we'll get to it. So the second reason why you would self-sabotage is to hide. I mean, success, I was just talking about this last week. Success has a definite payoff. It feels good for everybody, but there's some downsides too that if you're self-sabotaging, you need to be aware of. One of those downsides is, well, you gain status. When you have status, people criticize you. Uh, and if you hide, if there's parts of yourself that you feel like you need to hide, then you will be that much more likely you know, when you, as ADHD Jesse says here, when you reach, when you are able to reach on to the finish line, you're going to be that much more likely to lose motivation because really what you're trying to do is avoid exposure for whatever it is. I mean, people, it doesn't matter what the so-called secret is, right? That's not the issue. It isn't because you pooped your pants in the fourth grade. 
swear I'm not talking about myself. It's the fact that you feel like you need to, as Jung says, anxiously guard that secret. It's not the secret. It's the fact that you feel like you have to anxiously guard it. That's what causes the self-sabotage. Yeah, you want success, but also you don't want people to find out that, not that, peop, not that you are really afraid that people are going to find out you pooped in the fourth grade and it's going to you know, show up on your Wikipedia page or anything, but the fact that things like that happen and, and there's this anxiety around it, right? You feel like you have to anxiously guard it. Uh, that, that's what causes shame. Shame is not really an emotion. It's an affect that comes up when there's dysregulated emotion, anger, and anxiety. Your two emotions. And that what that shame will do is it'll do weird things. And when you can reach out and touch the finish line, something that you've been working on for a really long time, then you're going to go, oh, I'm just going to lose all uh, motivation. Okay, and the third reason why you self-sabotage is because you have difficulty with anger. Right, you have two emotional, motivational, you could say either way, apparatuses, uh, apparati, right? You have that which drives you towards a goal, something you want to gain, and that which restrains you from preferably a negative value, something that you want to avoid. You have anger that drives you forward and anxiety that restrains you. The both are really healthy emotions. It's all about how you use them, the context, all that. And the problem is when you have difficulty with anger, that which well-regulated anger is, feels like desire, it feels like motivation towards something like, yes, I want that thing. If you don't express it very well, if when other people express it to you or even in the vicinity of you, you get anxious, then chances are the only motivation you have left when you don't have anger motivating you is anxiety. You're, you aren't motivated to get something. You're going to be more motivated to avoid threats. Survival mode, in a sense. And survival mode, you know, just trying to, to get out of a situation. And that can be great motivation short term. But long term, it is a terrible strategy. And then the fourth reason why you self-sabotage is um, you want to feel like a victim and self-righteousness. Right, success feels good, but so does victimhood and self-righteousness. Not good necessarily, but familiar. And if you, I mean, the way that ADHD Jesse talks about his ADHD, it's like he's a victim of it. It's not his urge, it's the ADHD urge to abandon a project and lose all motivation. He is a victim in a sense of his ADHD. So yeah, I mean, you could be successful and you could cross that finish line, but then you really couldn't feel like a victim. And, uh, you know, that's that can be really, uh, really powerful. You know, just feeling oppressed, whether it's uh, you feel oppressed by the patriarchy, by whiteness, by, by the Biden administration, right? That, right, this transcends politics. It's not about that. Um, you know that that can be great. That can be great motivation. But eventually, you know, you gotta drop that if you want to um, <clears throat> drop the self sabotage. If you want to, uh, uh, you know, I've been watching Lion King. 
So like as Simba, take your place in the circle of life, right? Um, but what's going on here? I, I, what's, uh, do we see some kind of, um, you know, you know, fundamentals here to self-sabotage? And it's going to uh, tie into how ADHD Jesse talks about his self-sabotage ultimately. And let's go through that again. And I'm going to go through a maybe a healthier way to talk about it. So as a reminder, he says, uh, the ADHD urge to abandon a project and lose all motivation once you can see the finish line. So let's go through how to express this in a healthier way and then we'll come at, uh, hopefully arrive at, you know, some fundamental principles behind uh, self-sabotage. Okay, so look, there's a million ways to talk through emotions, but only one correct way. Sorry to be a therapy Nazi, but that this is just the way it is. And it's not the way to talk through emotions because I say so. It's based on what emotions are and how they work. This is a diagram how how emotions work. I'm leaving out all the description. If, if you want uh, to see this explicated, join animus.com slash book. There's a link to the Amazon page. So let's go through it. The first thing you talk about when you want to talk through a situation uh, in a healthy way is um, got to look at the facts or the situation. So what are the facts? He actually does a pretty good job here. But the, the well, let's leave out the ADHD urge part. It's just, and by the way, I don't know ADHD Jesse, so this is just how I would talk about it if I was in this situation. And believe me, I have been. So I'm just going to talk about it through my perspective. This may not be him and all. It could all just be my projection and it's me up here uh, looking silly. That's okay. So it's really what he's doing is he's abandoning the project and losing all motivation once he can see the finish line. Let's leave out the ADHD part because I, I that's, you know, we're going to get to it. That's like the victim trying to squirm out of it in a sense. Okay, so that's the situation. And then the next thing we're going to talk about is the feeling. Right, because the situation comes in here, it affects us, it causes a feeling. What is the feeling there? I know we only have two emotions, but an infinite array of feeling states, the way that these emotions interact and how our decisions affect the emotions, uh, you know, it's uh, never ending, hexadecimal, whatever kind of feeling state. Well, lose all motivation and, and abandon, I mean, that's, right, that sounds like apathy to me. Lose all motivation, just like, uh, well, whatever. And apathy is low-grade anxiety. But, but specifically, the feeling that I would use there is apathy, like you just don't care. Now you got to talk about what the feeling, this is when you begin to bring up more unconscious content, right? What does the feeling mean to you? Not the situation so much, but what is the meaning behind the feeling? A good way to ask yourself this or, or, or to figure out what the meaning is, just ask yourself, why? Why do I have this feeling? Well, if I had this feeling, and I definitely have, it would be... Uh, because, well, the, the goal doesn't matter. Right? I can tell myself the goal, the end point doesn't matter because when the goal doesn't matter, I don't have to care. I don't have to be part of the circle of life. That's what I tell myself. Right? That, that's what it means to me. That's my unconscious content. Right? What does it matter? The sun's going to turn into a red giant and overtake the earth and we're all going to die eventually. Who cares? I don't have to care. That is a way I protect myself. I, I don't have to care. And now, 
there's probably a lot more there for me, but I don't want to be, uh, you know, embarrass myself too much. So now we look at here, um, the fourth step. You got to look at a content that is unconscious first and then partially conscious content. This is when you look at your responsibility. Not again, again, not for the situation, but for the emotion, for the apathy. How would this uh, emotion be my situation? I mean, you guys, I appreciate that a lot of you guys are out there trying to take responsibility for your situation. It will never happen fully and in the way that it needs to happen so you can grow and mature and take your place in the circle of life. Uh, it's never going to happen for you until you can really take responsibility for your emotion. And the way you do that, there's three ways. I call it the BCR test. This is all going to be in my next book, by the way. you got to look at your, your benefit how you contribute to the state and your relation or how you relate. If, if it's a conflict, you look at how you relate with the other person in conflict. There's no conflict here um, with another person. Well, so what's the benefit? Uh, the benefit is, yeah, you get to feel like a victim. You get to feel self-righteous. I get to protect myself by saying I don't have to care, right? It's like very much the, like the stoicism fantasy of, the only thing that matters is me and my own thoughts and you know ultimately whether I, I reach that finish line or, or get that uh, whatever success yeah, it doesn't really matter and how do I contribute to it well I would look at ways in which I have a difficult time expressing anger uh, and there, there's lots of ways because we know that's at, at the root of it and then the fifth thing to do up here is right how do you confront the situation exactly for what it is. This is um, to do, how do you do it? Well, you know, the first thing I would say before you can start doing anything in the real world, I, I, would, I would get very comfortable talking about this in a healthy way without saying, oh, it's the ADHD urge, it's my ADHD. And that's really the root of self-sabotage. I, I said that word before, it's a great word. It applies to so many situations in therapy, in real life. Just trying to squirm. As you work towards a goal, you kind of feel, and I talked about this last week, didn't I? That the corridor kind of feels like it's closing in on you and you want to get out of it. It's like this survival thing, like, oh, I can't be trapped. I'm going to get claustrophobic or something, and you want to squirm out of it. And that is the root of self sabotage. That is what you do existentially. And that is what you do emotionally to yourself first before you can do it existentially. That is what ADHD Jesse does here, right? It's the ADHD urge. First off, he probably doesn't have ADHD because people who have ADHD, most of them don't. It's anxiety. Anxiety presents as ADHD. Now, if you show me you know, a brain scan of, of your brain and I can see a thinning of the executive function of the prefrontal cortex and some other areas around there, then I'll say, okay, yeah, that's ADHD. And you know what? There are awesome drugs out there. It's, it's basically like diffused meth in your system. It's a meth that lasts for 18 hours. It's great stuff and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it tunes you out of your emotions. That happened to me uh, when I was on it, so be careful. But if you really have ADHD, there's a great drug for you. It's not an excuse anymore, right? Mental illness is real. Your depression is real. Your ADHD, it can be real. It is not an excuse. 
And that seems like a conflict, but the way that you can merge those two ideas is to understand <coughs> you got to begin with your emotions and how they work. So you can stop trying to squirm out of these situations as you talk through them. That's what we do in therapy. You got to say it right. You got to say it exactly right. And we'll get you there eventually. It'll be second nature when you can say it right, when you can talk honestly about what's going on with you and your emotional life and your psyche, you know, whatever, your ADHD, then you're going to see that, um, well, first you're going to start expressing anger well, right? You're going to stop hiding. You're going to develop a better relationship with your parents, the best possible relationship that you're able to develop with them. Um, and, uh, yeah. I will uh, get you through the self-sabotage, right? Okay, so we do free consultations. Joinanimus.com slash schedule. If you want to find out more about uh, the other therapy I do, this is just a part of it. Um, yeah, thank you guys. And remember that at the root of self-sabotage is always a lack of clarity.